Good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche School Podcast, a podcast where we chat about, talk about all things Porsche, but it's not that day today. It's actually owner stories. That's the lead-in I always use on our Friday's episode. Um, I am a little bit over the place tonight. Um, I just had and no disrespect at all. I just had someone cancel on an owner's stories, uh, which means I don't have an owner's stories for Tuesday. Um, and that's my fault because I've been so busy at work. And I've, this is Sunday night. I'm recording this. And Sunday night is a little bit late for me to record an owner's stories. Uh, it's a bit late because I always have to get it out on Monday, Monday morning for the Patreon members. Um, so that always goes out 24 hours early. Um, so basically now I am screwed pretty much. I don't have an episode for you guys. Um, so I thought about not even putting an episode up and then I thought, look, why don't I just come on here, um, and talk about me? Um, and I know a lot of you guys have heard the story before. Um, you probably don't want to hear it again. (laughs) Um, there's not really a lot to tell. And, you know, Ajmal asked me this in last week's episode, last Friday's episode, he said, you know, you should have done for the 50th episode, you know, spoke about your Porsche cooled owner's story, you know, because, you know, you started all this up and you should, you should tell everyone about your story. Um, I guess my story is really the story that began, you know, in 2016, when I really started seriously uh, looking for a Porsche. And to me, that's, you know, it started, I always make the point when I introduce all the owners on owner stories, I always make the point that... You know, for some of us, it starts early in life and for some of us, it starts later in life. Now, this is a bit of an unusual owner stories, as you guys would understand, especially when you've listened to most of them, um, in that I'm going to not be interviewed. I think it's better if I'm not interviewed. I think I will just talk to you guys and I will tell you the, the stories or some of the stories, some of the lead up that has got me to where I am now. And a lot of things are just by chance, um, and a lot of things weren't really planned. Um, this podcast wasn't really super planned, um, you know. But we'll get into that a little bit later in the episode. But basically, it all started, um, and you know, the question I always begin every owner's stories with. And if you haven't been to the Portugal podcast before, um, go and listen to another owner's stories before you listen to this one, uh, because this one's not really how they sort of all sound. But. As an episode this week, um, how did it all begin? Well, you know, for me, I lived in a very, very small country town, a town called Blaney in New South Wales. Um, I was born in Sydney, and my parents moved to this country town. Now, that country town, I lived there till I was 10, uh, and that country town really had nothing. Um, it was Fords and Holdens. Um, at the time, there wasn't Toyotas. I mean, people who come from Australia understand the the car culture and, you know, working class, I guess, or just, you know, you know, which my family, which, you know, we were, um, we were not rich at all. We were not even a lot of the times even getting by. Um, but you know, my parents always gave me more, uh, more than I could ever want. Um, but living in a country town, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, up to the age of 10, I would have to say that, you know, my biggest influence, and that's when we lived in this place called Blaney in New South Wales. Some of you guys might know it. It's near Bathurst, where Mount Panorama is. Um, I lived there till I was 10. Um, and during that stage, you know, my the, the car journey or the car culture wasn't that exciting. Uh, my father wasn't really into cars, uh, and he wasn't really into cars because basically 
we couldn't really afford expensive cars. Um, we had, and I can't even remember the name of it now, and there's a photo of me on it, but we had, we had a Toyota Corona, what they call a Toyota Corona, and this is a very old Toyota Corona. Uh, I think it was, it may have been, it's a square-shaped Toyota Corona for anyone that is into Toyota Coronas, but it, I think it might have been a late 60s or early 70s model. I, I can't really remember um, what it was, but that, that's what we had. It was blue. Um, I remember it vividly because I remember my dad used to always change the oil. He used to do the grease. Uh, when uh, regulations came in and things had to be fitted to the car, he would fit them himself. Uh, he did all the work on the car himself, um, you know, apart from putting tires on, but everything else he did. Uh, he had uh, stands that he would drive the car up onto and he would get underneath. And I guess, you know, I, I know... The base. I always say that I don't wrench on cars and I don't know about cars, but I guess I do know the basics uh, because I remember, you know, watching my dad do it on this Toyota Corona, <clears throat> as in changing the spark plugs, you know, doing the gap on the spark plugs, changing the oil, how to get the oil filter off, um, you know, how to how to. Um, he had the grease gun. I don't even know what you were, what he was greasing. Actually, I can't even remember on these cars what you grease. I guess it's the joints, the the suspension joints or the ball joints. So I remember him greasing it, you know, and I remember him changing the oil and we putting the bucket underneath. So, you know, I was always a part of that. Um, and it's weird, you know, because I'm thinking about it now. I mean, my father's passed away, but I'm thinking about it now and it's sort of the memories are coming back. Um, so that was kind of, you know, that's kind of my introduction. And, and I have mentioned on a lot of the owner stories that uh, we used to in this country town. And even after we lived in this town, um, my mother would buy me a matchbox car. And this was a regular thing. I don't know whether my dad liked the idea of it because, you know, I don't know how much matchbox cars were at the time. And I'm saying, you know, we were short of money. We were, we were short of money. It wasn't like there was a lot of money going around. But I would always get a matchbox car. Uh, I would get two things all the time growing up. I would get matchbox, matchbox cars and I would get comics. Uh, every Sunday I would get a treat and I would get a comic. Um, so I have this sort of comic collection which I think is still at my parents' house. I hope it still is. There's a lot of comics in there, but I, I used to get a comic every week, whatever it is. Um, so there's a lot of comics. Um, and I used to get a Matchbox car. And I think I used to get a Matchbox car pretty regularly. Um, there was one little shop in the town um, where you used to buy them. And I used to uh, I used to get so much enjoyment looking at the boxes and looking at these cars and and you know wondering which one I could get because there's so many choices. Uh, and they were in boxes then. And they used to be on this stand, the swiveling stand, and there were all these boxes. And it was like, wow, which one can I take? Which one can I have, you know? And um, it was great. It was it's something that I always remember very fondly. Um, and I'm not like other people, you know? Like Marco said, he still had his Hot Wheels or Matchbox car. Marco, who's been on Owner's Stories before, and other people as well. Um, unfortunately, as a child, I used to also enjoy um, destroying those Matchbox cars and breaking them into bits and pieces, which was... Um, I think I mentioned it to Steve. I think Steve did it as well, but it was always like trying to work out how to take the wheels off and then you realize you can't put them back on. Maybe that's why I don't want to do, um, <laughs> maybe that's why I don't want to wrench on cars now because I'll get to the point where I take it off and then it's like, I don't want to put it back together or I don't know how to put it back together and just get rid of it. Um, but that's what, I, that's what happened. I mean, it's a shame because I wish I would have kept them all. 
Um, after this country town, we moved to the Central Coast in New South Wales. And the Central Coast in New South Wales was a little bit more, what would, what would I say, more vibrant, I guess. Uh, it's a beach area. It's a surf area. Um, didn't really see that many cars in Blaney when I was growing up. Like I said, there were Holdens and Fords. Um, I think my dad had a Morris Minor or something. He had one of these cars. I forget the name of it. Um, you know, but there's also that enjoyment, you know, being in a car and going on a windy road. And I never used to get car sick as a kid. And Blaney, when we used to come to Sydney, because all our relatives lived in Sydney, and we come down through Lithgow, Australian listeners will know where I'm talking about. And it's a very windy road where your ears pop, uh, Bell's Liner Road, and all the bellbirds. And I remember this very vividly in the back seat of the car, or lying on the back seat of the car, which I used to always enjoy doing, and feeling the car, and even this is just a, you know, a Toyota Corona, Toyota Corona, and feeling the car move from side to side and hearing these bellbirds, this sound of bellbirds. Um, and that road was always something that I always used to remember on the way to Sydney to see my grandmother. And it was something that I used to always enjoy. I used to enjoy the movement of the car from side to side. You know what I mean? And it was like, I don't know, I think it's just the little things, you know, the little things that you enjoy, um, simple things you enjoy that you kind of forget about. So anyway, we go, we, we move, my father decides to move. He's sick of the cold weather. It snows in Blaney. He's sick of, uh, being stuck out there. He was, you know, born and bred in Sydney. So he moved there as a saving money saving venture and he stayed there for 10 years. And I think that was about enough for him. So we then moved to a coastal area, uh, in New South Wales on the central coast. A couple, we lived in a couple of different places. Um, and I guess the main place that we lived was a place called Wyong, uh, and people that know Wyong, it's not <laughs> nothing exciting. Uh, and in Wyong is where I first started really noticing cars. Um, and I started noticing cars because Wyong had a highway through it, and I've mentioned this in owner stories, and it's called the Pacific Highway. And the Pacific Highway in Wyong, on the weekends, uh, and this was before uh, a major freeway uh, highway opened, and there used to be where we lived, there was a park on the highway. So I would go there and I would literally just sit or I would ride up and down. So when the cars were stopped, they were literally stopped in traffic because the traffic on weekends or long weekends was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. So, you know, here I am as a kid on my, uh, first on my, um, what was it? Speedwell Mustang, I think it was. And then I had a racing bike. And here I am sitting uh, on the side of the road watching these cars. And when the cars were stopped, I used to ride my bike up and down, up and down the highway about a kilometre, you know, which is probably not very safe now when you think about it. Um, I mean, I was, I don't know, I guess I was 10 to 15 or something like that or 10 to 14 or something like that. Um, and I would see the most amazing cars, the most amazing cars. Um, you know, I, even, I think that was the first time I saw a Ferrari. That was the first time. Because people would go up the coast and they would have to come back through this, this road. So you would see all these cars. Um, I saw Porsches. Um, even though I don't really remember them, I do remember this brown Porsche. I remember this brown Porsche. Um, and then I used to see just a lot of amazing, amazing cars. Um, and also in Wang, there was, um, outside of Wang, there's a farm area called, it's called, it's a funny word, it's called Yarramalong and Duralong. And that area, there were quite wealthy people who had farms there. People who lived in Sydney had like a farm um, in this area. One of those people was a radio broadcaster called John Laws. And another person was uh, 
Charles Lloyd-Jones, I think his name was, or David Lloyd-Jones, Charles Lloyd-Jones or David Lloyd-Jones, who was one of the family of a department store who used to set up an apartment, a main department store in Sydney called David Jones. And both of them had amazing cars. So I always knew the spot where they would have to drive through to go to, <laughs> to, go to the farm. So sometimes I would actually sit there and just wait for them to come. And then I would see the Bentley. I would see the Mercedes. You know, I'd see the Rolls. That was the first time I saw a Rolls. Um, occasionally they would go to Wyong shops and they would park the car. Um, and I remember one of them had a quite a unique number plate. <clears throat> so that's when I... That's when I really, really started noticing, you know, cars that I thought were expensive. In fact, if I go back to Blaney, um, there was a, there was another car actually which I didn't mention. The only good car in the whole town that I remember was the chemist um, of that town, who up until you know not that long ago I think was still the chemist in that town. He had BMWs, and I always remember that was the first time I saw a BMW, and I remember the badge, and I didn't know what it meant. And I remember this car looking so different to, you know, traditional Australian Holdens, you know, Holden, Holdens and Fords, uh, Holden Kingswoods, I think they were at the time, and, you know, Ford Falcons and things like that. And there was this, the chemist had the BMW, he had the silver BMW and it was always parked out front of his pharmacy. And I always thought that was really, really cool. Um, but, you know, it wasn't like I was thinking, oh, I've got to get one of those cars or I'm going to, I'm going to work to those cars when I get older or anything like that. It was, it was nothing like that. You know what I mean? It was actually nothing like that. Um, so then we got back to Wang. So I used to look at cars, used to spot cars and do that sort of thing. I was a car spotter at a young age before it was cool. Um, I had a good friend in the town, actually, my very good friend at the time. He, um, he used to watch trains. He was very into trains and he used to watch trains. So I never gave him grief about it because I was kind of doing the same thing with cars. Uh, he became a train driver, actually, coincidentally. Um, so that was kind of wild. Um, there wasn't really any of my friends that had really cool cars. Um, I remember kids at school, you know, they'd get their parents would get a new Falcon and they'd bring the brochure and show it off like it was something really fancy. And for us, it was a little bit fancy. At that time, my father had two cars uh, in Wyong. We had a an Isuzu, which is Holden. Uh, at the time, it was because of an Isuzu Gemini. Anyone that knows that car is nothing special. And then we had a Holden Gemini when they changed it from Isuzu and called it Holden. And it was a newer model and it was yellow. Um, later on, my dad found out, I think. He bought it and somehow he found out that it was, you know, no, no PPIs, of course. I think he found out that it had been in a flood or it had had a lot of water damage. So the car had serious issues. Um, and he didn't really sell that car. Um, he had that car up until he had that car up until I left high school, um, and I didn't drive that car. He would not let me drive it. He would not let me learn to drive in it. Um, I never drove the car. Um, so my my thing when I was sixteen, and in Australia you can get your um, your learners. I think at the time was sixteen or nine months or something like that, and you get your license at seventeen. Um, I didn't have a car and I thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I was a bit younger than some of my friends and my friends, you know, my friends already had cars, you know, uh, the guy that used to look at trains had a GTR, Tirana GTR XU1. Uh, and then that was when we finished school actually. And then, you know, another friend had a, 
I think it was a Daihatsu something. I don't know. It was some kind of Daihatsu sort of small car at the time. I don't know where he got it from. He was big into karting and he had a car like that. And I thought, what am I going to do? You know, I've got a few months. How am I going to get a car? And coincidentally, my brother um, had a Ford Escort. And he said, um, I'll sell you the car. Um, and at that time, I did actually have a part-time job. I was working part-time after school. So I had a little bit of money, not a lot. So my younger, my not my younger brother, my brother Tony, who's the middle brother. I have two brothers, one's older and one's, uh, they're, they're close together. I'm, I'm a long way away in age from both of them. And he said, I'll sell you this car. You just pay me as much as you can every week. And when you come in, and when you get proper money, when you start working, um, you can, you can pay me a lump sum. And it wasn't a lot of money, but it was a lot of money at the time. But because he did that, I had the opportunity to get a car that wasn't, you know, wasn't a that beat up. It was a little bit cooler. Uh, it was a Ford Escort, um, you know, so it was, he, he'd had it for a little while. It wasn't brand new. He'd, he'd owned it for a while. He bought it new, I think, um, but it wasn't new at the time. So that's a car I had when I was going, when I was in year 12 in high school. I got my license, you know, beginning of year 12, uh, March of year 12 or something like that. And uh, I had a car and it was fantastic. And I was crazy in it. I was an idiot, you know, um, and I won't, lie about it. I used to drink, used to drive, used to do all the stupid things that you do when you're that age. Um, used to speed, um, used to go out, go out, you know, and then come back, drive the car. You know, it wasn't a problem. So I used to do all those things, which is looking back on it now was very, um, very, very careless. So there's no Porsches. You know, this is the thing. This is why I said to Ajmal, my story's a bit boring. Um, there's no Porsches, there's no cars, there's no posters on the wall. Um, and as I said, my posters were the matchbox cars. That to me was the, that was, you know, that was something I really, really loved. I really enjoyed those cars and I really enjoyed, you know, getting them and, and taking them out of the box and enjoying them. And, and every now and again, like a birthday, my, my mother would buy me a larger one. Um, in fact, you know, like I remember that she used to buy me larger ones, but I can't remember anything, you know, I can't really remember what the cars were. Um, I remember there was a Beetle in one of them. I remember I had a Beetle because I remember the shape. I can't really remember, say there was a Porsche, you know, I'd like to say there was, but I can't really remember it. So, you know, that's kind of the lead up. Um, I do remember when, and I don't know when this happened, and I'm trying to think when it happened and I just, I just can't remember. Um, so I lived on the Central Coast for a while and then when I was, I guess when I was 19, one day I was working, you know, sort of boring job on the central coast, um, something I didn't really enjoy. And, you know, I was basically just going out, enjoying myself as you do as a 19 year old. And then I just decided I came back, I was still living with my parents and I thought, no, this is not working. Um, I'm going to move out. I'm going to move to Sydney. So a week later I went to Sydney and I stayed with a, a friend that I was uh, one of my best friends from school. And I stayed, I just basically crashed at his place in Bondi beach and that was it. I was gone. Um, so then my car was at my parents. Um, I had to get rid of it. They sold it for me. I didn't really care what I got for it because I wasn't really interested anymore. So they sold it for me eventually. My dad sold it for me under much uh, pain and, and argument that he just didn't want to do it. But he sold it for me and um, I got that money and I think I blew the money in about two weeks, pretty much just going out and just doing things in Sydney. You know, you first get to Sydney, you're in a city, um, you know, you're living away from home. So basically I just enjoyed it. So then I live in the city. You know, and I really don't have, um, I really don't have a need for a car. I don't have the money for a car. 
I don't have the place to park for a car because I lived in inner city in Sydney. Uh, I lived in places like Darlinghurst and Paddington and, uh, and Elizabeth Bay and things like that. So I lived in a lot of inner city areas. So parking was terrible um, and I didn't really need a car. When I lived in Paddington, I bought a, I bought a Honda Civic. Uh, I bought a Honda Civic from... I bought a Honda Civic from, um, a, no, it was a private sale. It was a private sale and it was someone who happened to be the brother of a girl I worked with. Um, and I bought this car and I thought it was, at the time, this is when those Civics were quite cool. Um, I can't even remember the model year now. I can't even remember the, what the model year was. Um, it must have been a 90s something, 90s model or something. Um, it wasn't new. It was old again. Um, it was manual. It was red as well. It was red. Um, and it was two-door Honda Civic. It was the cool one at the time. Um, it was a really, really good car. And that car was probably, looking back, it was a pretty good buy because I bought that car um, and I sold that car when Natasha and I first started going out. And I used to drive back to Sinai's with her in that car. Um, so memories of... You know, that car has a lot of good memories, even though it's not Porsche memories. It has great memories of listening to Tribe Called Quest late at night and driving back. And, you know, Natasha at the time lived in a, lived about half an hour away from me. So I'd do these late night runs back to, um, back to her house <laughs> in the middle of the morning and then drive back in the Civic and fly back on these back roads from, from North Shore to back to the inner city in Sydney. And it was a bit crazy. Um, but you know, I eventually had that car when I was living in Paddington, then I, lived to, then I moved to Elizabeth Bay and it was parked on the street. It was really hard having a car on the street. I like to look after my things. In, in Paddington, I used to wash it all the time and detail it. You know, I've always had that thing about washing cars. And then, you know, I, um, I moved to Elizabeth Bay and I, I had to park it on the street. And anyone that knows Elizabeth Bay in Sydney will know that it's... I moved back to Elizabeth Bay, actually. I'd lived there for a long, long time and then I moved to a couple of places and I moved back to Elizabeth Bay. I eventually got a car space, um, someone that I knew that I work with, knew someone, and then I got a car space across the road from where I lived in my apartment. So I had a place to park that car. Um, so then I sold that car, and then a few years go by, um, things happen, don't really need a car, living in Elizabeth Bay, walking around, you know, going out, not really doing anything that I needed a car for. And I sold the Civic because I needed the money at the time. I was short on cash, and I needed the money, and I had to get out of it just to get some money back to pay uh, bills, things that I bought that I shouldn't have bought at the time and, and to buy things. Um, and then a little bit of time passed and then I decided, okay, I'm going to buy a new car. And, you know, at the time it was like, okay, I didn't really look that much. I didn't really know what I wanted. And this Peugeot came out and it was a 206 GTI and I thought, okay, I'm going to buy one of those. So I go to the dealer. Um, I go to the dealer and see if I can get one, none available, only just came out or whatever. And so then I ordered one and it came in and I bought it. And um, literally I had it for, and I've told this story on previous podcasts and stories, literally I had it and I really hated it. Uh, it had a lot of issues. It was brand new, it had issues. It was crazy. Um, and I just couldn't stand it anymore. Um, I used to take it to the service place and the guy just said, I don't know how to, I don't know how to rectify it for you. Um, he knew there was a problem, but he just didn't know how to rectify it. So then I thought, 
F this, I'm going to sell this car. So one day um, Natasha's in the car with me and we're driving back um, through Ataman in Sydney. And there's the uh, Audi dealer, which was Audi and Honda at the time, believe it or not. It was Honda at the bottom and Audi at the top. And we went in there and there was an A3 1.8 turbo. Um, and there was, this is when car dealers had stock. Uh, this was in, it was a 2000 model actually. It was a 2000 model. So then I go, uh, we go into the dealer upstairs, you know, at first. I always remember the, this, this dealer because he didn't think I was that serious. He actually didn't think I was that serious. It was kind of weird. And then he said, I'll show you what I have. And we walk out into the back room here at Scott's. And then there's these cars. There's Audis out there. Um, TTs. There was a new TT that came out. There was Audis. But it was the A3 1.8 Turbo that I wanted. And before this, um, I'm friends with Steve at that stage. And Steve had just bought an S3. So Steve had an S3. Um, and I remember going to this dealer. And they also had a black S3 on display. And Steve had bought his S3. And I thought... That's out of my price range. That's way too expensive. I think at the time it was about 73, 74K, 73,000. So then I thought, okay, that's why I knew the 1.8 Turbo. I think I'd read something in a newspaper or something like that. I don't know where I found the information. Then we went out the back and he had a silver one and he had a black one, metallic black. The silver one had the... A3 1.8 Turbo had these grey seats, and I really like the seats. They're fabric seats, sports-type seats, but with like a papita-type papita check um, pattern fabric. So the silver one had the grey fabric, and the black one had red. And I had this aversion to red. Even though I had that red Civic, I still didn't like red even then. I was just like, I, and I said to the guy, look, I will take this car. All right, I hadn't even asked him the price. I said I would take this car if you put the silver seats out of the silver one in there and take the red seats away. And I remember this so clearly, oh, I don't know, that's a bit difficult, that takes a long time, it's a lot of hours. And I just said to him, I said, look, it's up to you, I'll take the car if you put the seats in. So then, of course, he agreed to it. I took the car, I was very, very, I don't know what was wrong with me, I was probably quite stupid, Steve's probably cringing, I think I've told Steve this story, I didn't ask for any discount, I didn't ask for anything, I just paid what the guy told me it was, at the time, it was a lot of money for me. It was $50,000 Australian for that car. Um, but I wanted it. It was an Audi. It looked so much good and better inside. It was so cool. And I loved that car. Absolutely loved it. It was, it was, a, it was a really, really good car. Um, really good car. Um, and I had that car for, I guess I had that car for four years. And this at the time is when I was living still in Elizabeth Bay. Still had that same car space, but it was still not a perfect situation. It wasn't something that made me feel comfortable at night. <clears throat> it wasn't the safest area where I lived. Um, there were things that went on. Um, my Persia got damaged at one point. Someone jumped on the bonnet, which I got fixed, but someone had damaged the car. Um, so things happened. Things happened. So then I decided, so we had that for four years, and then we moved from Elizabeth Bay. Um, Natasha and I lived in together. And we moved from Elizabeth Bay. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to buy another Audi. So what do I want? I want something bigger. So what do I go for? I go for an Audi A4. Um, and the Audi A4 I pick was, couldn't get the S4 because I couldn't afford the S4. And these are financed at the time. I, I financed these cars. I couldn't pay cash for them. I didn't have that much money at that point. Um, and then I bought an Audi A4 1.8T S-Line. 
think that was called S-Line, yeah. Um, and I had that car. This is the car, which is why you guys are going to find my story really boring, I'm sure. Um, I had that car for a long time. I had that car for... <sighs> Until I bought the Porsche, that's what I traded in for the Porsche uh, for the 997, um, and then and the Porsche, I you know I didn't get any money for it. In fact, the dealer that I sold it to, they used it as their, as one of the staff members took the car over. Um, it was reasonably reliable. Um, I took it to Audi all the time for service. I liked the car. I really enjoyed driving the car. In fact, Steve. Um, Steve's uh, girlfriend at the time, he actually got one for her in silver. He found one when they depreciated because they depreciate very, very quickly. I paid a lot of money for that car. I'll tell you how much I paid for that car. It was 80000 Australian dollars when I bought it. But I had it macked out with every single, mostly every single option except sat-nav. Um, and when I bought that car, I actually did get a deal and I asked for a deal. And basically, they took the price. They took all the options off and gave it to me uh, for the standard price. It was still a car that had to be ordered. It took, at the time, I think two or three months to come in. Not very long. Um, and I remember the day I picked it up, um, Tasha came with me. She took a lunch break. We went and picked it up. It was fantastic. Loved the car. Black again. Big fan of black cars at the time. Um, black again. And it was a fantastic car. And in general, it really didn't, I really didn't have many issues with it. Um, the servicing was expensive. I mentioned that before. Uh, the cost of ownership was expensive. Um, I bought that in 2004. Um, I had it to 2017. And, you know, we at the time we moved to somewhere where we had a garage and then we, you know, bought our apartment in, in Sydney and then we had a even another garage. So it was always garaged. Um, it was looked after. It had reasonably, not high miles. I think when I sold it, it had about 120,000 miles. So nothing for that long period of ownership. Um, why didn't I trade up? I didn't trade up because I'd started a business and the business was taking most of my money. So I couldn't really put money into another car. The car actually worked really well for the business that I owned. Um, I had a wholesale business and it, I needed, I needed a, it was an Avant. It was a wagon. I don't know if I mentioned that to you guys. It was an Avant and I needed the wagon, um, to, to carry things, you know what I mean? I was delivering things to certain people, I was picking up things, you know, I was going to freight places and stuff like that. So I actually needed the space. And, you know, I'd have to pick up people from airports and, you know, when they were coming to see me and stuff like that. So I'd have to actually pick people up and do things. So it actually provided a really good, you know, it was a really good car for that. Um, and I guess I only needed that until, you know, I'm saying I need it for my business, but I really, I closed down my business in 2011 or something. And just after the financial crisis and then things went a bit bad, so I closed it down. So I didn't really need a wagon, but I didn't really have, I still didn't have the funds to do that. You know, we just bought a new apartment, um, we were, had a mortgage, which was quite heavy. You know, we didn't, you know, we were, we were, we were getting by, but we weren't, you know, wealthy and we weren't, we didn't have a lot of spare money for cars. And that's when I first started talking to Steve, obviously, because Steve had sold his S3, Steve had bought his, uh, um, he had his white, uh, this is before that, he had his white 964 and then he had his 993. Um, Steve bought his 993 about the same time I bought my Audi. <clears throat> and that's when we're talking about Porsches and we're talking about G50 Carreras, 3.2 Carreras, you know, and, you know, I always talk about this, but my stupidity and that I really wanted one. I wa that's when I really wanted a Porsche. I wanted a Porsche then. Um, that's how long it took me to get it. In 2004, I really wanted a Porsche. 
Um, and, you know, we were saving for a house deposit. Uh, we bought our place in 2006. So, you know, we were saving for a house deposit. It was like, I don't have the funds. I can't put the money in there because we're saving for this deposit. And, you know, it was all those things that come into your life that people always talk about in owner stories. The distractions, you know what I mean? So, like I said, for me, it was always later in life. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess the Audi, I always thought was like a sports car. And it drove well and it felt well, but it wasn't really like a sports car until until I got the 911. So, you know, here I am talking to Steve and I think it was, you know, I made Trying to Be Sensible uh, on YouTube, that video where I said Trying to Be Sensible. Um buying a Porsche or whatever I called it. I can't remember the name of it now. And that's when I seriously started thinking about it. And I guess that was twenty mid-2016. And then 2017, February, um, I was looking on car sales, as I always talk about, and I found a 997. Previous to that, I had called a guy in Queensland who had a 997, I think it was in grey, I think it was an S, it was very highly optioned, and he only wanted 95000 for it at the time. And it had reasonably low kilometers. It was an 06 or 07. I think it was an 07 model, 07 model. Um, I think it might have been 98000 98, It was a bit higher than what I wanted to pay. And I thought, mm, that's okay. Maybe I can push it, um, which I couldn't really. But I thought maybe it's okay I can push it. And I remember, you know, the, the, the thing where you get excited and you think maybe this could be the one. Um, and I'd sent him a message through car sales, I think, because he didn't take he didn't want to take a call. And then he called me back, and then I spoke to him. And it was kind of like, it's a bit like how Ajmal said last week, how the guy in the boxer didn't want to sell it to him. I felt like this guy didn't want to sell it to me. I feel like he didn't want to, he, didn't, he wasn't ready to let go of it himself, or he really didn't want to, I don't know, maybe he just didn't think I was serious. Maybe I was just like asking too many questions because I did ask a lot of questions. I asked a lot of questions. So that one fell through. Um, and then not many came up. Not many came up. And I think that might have been in October or November. And then there was nothing. And then I was on car sales and I saw this silver one. And I think I sent it to Steve and I thought, oh, I'd like this, mate, but I don't know about the wheels. He said, let's just go and have a look at it. Let's just go and check it out. I know where that dealer is. And I went, uh, okay. And I didn't know this dealer that well at the time, but I always remember the, the, where they photographed the cars. It was always a dealership that would have Bentleys and Ferraris and Lamborghinis. And I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, what is this going to be like? And we went there. Couldn't be nicer there. Um, Scuderia Graziani, Tony Graziani. Couldn't be nicer. Couldn't be a nicer guy. And the son, his son and everything. I can't remember the name. All the people there were very friendly and very genuine. Oh, you know, genuine as in they, it, it felt genuine. Um, and it was a good experience. Um, and I used to go in and see Tony and he'd give me a coffee. Went there with Steve the first day we checked it out. Everything seemed okay. I was hesitant because of the, it was a, you know, as everyone knows, I've got a 2006 997.1 Carrera. It's in Arctic silver. It's very, not very, very well optioned. It's got a sunroof. It's got Bose. It's got extended telephone module. Um, I can't remember what else it has. I think that's it. Actually, I should know, shouldn't I? It doesn't have Xenons, doesn't have sports exhaust, doesn't have any of those things. Um, but there was something about the car when I looked at it inside, it was immaculate. It looked like a brand new car. Um, the seats had no wear. The body was pretty much perfect. Um, there were really not many scratches on it. There were pretty no scratches, actually. 
everything seemed to work. Uh, and it had the wheels, you know, the wheels, the Tekkart 20-inch wheels. And that was what I wasn't really sure about. So anyway, we saw the car. I can't remember exactly what happened. I, I mean, Steve might remember this better, but I didn't test drive it. I don't think we test drove it that day. Um, Steve and I looked at it, and then I think we went back, uh, and we went back with Natasha, myself, Steve, and Steve's now wife, Cindy. Um, and we went back, I remember we went back, and we went for a test drive in it, and I drove it, and then Steve drove it. And I have to say, that was that's the first time I've... That was the first time I drove a 911, which was really weird in itself. I, you know, I was very, very nervous and I drove the car and I, I apologize to people who've listened to older episodes. They've probably heard the story. Um, and it just felt great. I was nervous though. Then Steve drove it and Steve said it felt pretty good. So then I organized with uh, Scuderia Graziani. I wanted to get a PPI done. He said, no problem at all. Everything's okay. I hadn't put any money down. Um... And he let me, I said, so how do I do it? And he said, you can take the car. I said where I was taking it to Autohouse Hamilton. He knew Autohouse Hamilton. He'd bought cars from them previously. Um, and he said, that's okay. So I went there one day. Uh, and that was really scary that day, actually. It, the car was in the position where we saw it, I think, um, it was upstairs in his showroom. He's a two-level showroom. And then there's a garage at the back, quite steep, and he drove it out for me. And then he just said, okay, I'll see you later on then. And that was it. And then I had the keys to a 911. So I'm driving from Woolloomooloo in Sydney, people who know Sydney in the, you know, near the harbour. And I drove to, um, to Autohouse in Chatswood and they did the PPI. So I left the car there. I went back home, caught the train back home. And then I went back out and, and picked it up after the PPI. And then I took it back to... Um, Actually, I could have just waited in Chatswood. I think I waited around. I think I waited around in Chatswood in, in near where Autohouse Hamilton is in the shops there. And then I went back and picked it up and I drove it back to Tony. He said, how did it go? And I said, I was all good. And then I didn't give him the offer then. I didn't, I didn't actually buy it that day. And then what happened? Then I remember going back and I remember it was a really windy day. And I went back to, uh, to the dealer and his son was there, who was a nice guy. And then, you know, I was trying to get the price down a bit and they wouldn't budge on the price. That was it. And then I just said, yep, okay. And I think they were a bit surprised. I remember it. They were a bit like surprised. Um, they gave me basically how it worked with me. I mean, the PPI didn't really show up anything different to what they had told me about previously. And I think I've skipped a step. So... They had a uh, service done. The person, I think, I think uh, they, the dealer did it. They had a service done at Porsche Sydney, Porsche uh, City South or whatever they're called. Um, they had a, a, like a service inspection done, like a PPI, and it showed up quite a few things. And I mentioned this before. One of the things was the brakes. The brakes had to be replaced. You know, there was a coolant leak. Uh, there was a, something wrong with the washer wipers. And some of the prices on there, were, when it went to order house, they didn't actually cost that much. And some things like the brakes, as, as you guys have heard me talk about before, the brakes I didn't need to change. The brakes are still the same brakes that I bought the car. I'm sure I haven't done a lot of miles on the car, a lot of kilometers, but they didn't need changing uh, in 2017, and they're still okay today. Um, so it does pay to go to a couple of places and get it just double-checked. I guess people's tolerances on, on brake pads and, and, you know, rotors and stuff like that is different but auto house said it's fine wait till the warning light comes on and then you know change the brake pads which was great advice 
so then yeah so then you know the price that I negotiated the price that I negotiated with them when they told me how much they give me for my Audi and then the price that they you know they came to was based on my Audi coming off and also a discount because of the things that they said needed to be fixed which they had an approximate cost for from Porsche from the Porsche dealer in Sydney so that's how we came to a price I was happy with the price in the end even though I tried to get a little bit more money off I couldn't and then I remember he said I said look I'll take it and he said okay we just need a and that's when they asked for a deposit and then I think I got uh, I don't know what it was two thousand dollars or something the most I could get out of the teller went to the teller got the money gave him the money and then that was it and then the process began of me transferring the money etc and then I think you know, a couple of days later, I had the car. It was done. I mean, I paid cash for the car. It wasn't financed. Um, so it was all it was all quite easy. And I remember the day that I sent the money. I remember being in our flat in Sydney, being in an apartment and saying, Natasha, okay, this is it. <laughs> this is it. You know, you save a certain amount of money and you buy it and it's exciting and you hit your first 9-11, but you also see all that big chunk of money disappear out of your bank account. Um, but it was a good thing. It was a good thing. And that was that. And then we went and picked it up. Uh, Scuderia Graziani always take a photo of you when you pick up the car, which they put on their Facebook page, which I think is still there. If you search deep enough into 2017, you'll see the photo of uh, Natasha and I outside. Usually they take it in the driveway, but this day there was the, the driveway was full, so they took it outside. And then we, um, we drove home. And as I said, this story has been told before. And I was, you know, that drive, which is a very short drive from where they are to where we live. And it was scary. It was a sunny day, but I was just like so nervous because this is like 9-11. And I remember taking it back to our apartment and parking it in the, in the, in the garage and just looking at it and going, I just, I cannot believe it. You know what I mean? Like the feeling that I hear from all you guys who've been on owner stories and all the people that reach out to me on Porsche School Instagram. And, you know, I know what that feeling's like because I felt that feeling and it's multiple feelings. It's a feeling when you give the money over. It's the feeling when you first pick up the car and drive it home. And then it's the feeling when you first get out of your car in your garage or your driveway and you look at it. And then it's that feeling. <clears throat> and then it's that feeling when you go on that first drive. And once again, I skipped a point. Um, we went, Natasha and I went, maybe it was the next day, we went uh, and had ramen somewhere in Sydney in Chatswood. It must have been the next day. Maybe I went to order house to do something. I don't know what it was. And I remember we parked out the front. And I've said that story as well, that guys come up to me and said, wow, it's a great looking car. You know, people were starting to look at it. And I thought, that, wow, this is crazy. You know what I mean? This is crazy. No one ever did that to me in the Audi. Um, but it's not about that. Um, but it's a great experience. And like I keep saying, you know, it doesn't matter if it happens. It doesn't matter if you get your first Boxster or Porsche or 911 when you're in your 20s or in your 30s or in your 40s or in your 50s. It doesn't matter. As long as you get there, you know, as long as you get there and, and you get that dream. And like I said, you know, Porsche wasn't always on my radar. Um, and my, my Porsche, you know, my Porsche uh, desires, and I'll, I attributed this to Steve. And it was Steve because he had the 964. He had the 993. You know, then he got his GT3, you know what I mean? Um, so I'd been in these cars. I felt how they felt. I liked how they smelt. I liked how they drove. You know, I liked being in it. It felt special in the cabin. The 964 that Steve had felt special. The 993 spelt, felt special. You know, of course, I remember the first drive when Steve picked up his GT3 and, and we went to Vaucluse in Sydney for a drive. And, 
And it was just amazing. We got out of the car and I'm looking at it and going, mate, what a car. Like, it's so cool. Like, it was so, so cool, you know. Um, and, I mean, that's how you get introduced to Porsche. You know, it's, it's your friends. It's your family. Um, I was lucky that I have, you know, I have a good friend who's, you know, who's Steve on the podcast, as you guys know. And Steve had, you know, a, has a great Porsche story. He has a great Porsche story and he's had them. And I've experienced them by being in them because of him. And, you know, I attribute this to, to him today. You know, Steve, it's not my love of cars. I've always had a love of cars. But my love of Porsche, I have to say, is from Steve's passion and seeing and seeing Steve's car from the very first day and being introduced to it. And I remember when he had the 964, I knew nothing about Porsche. You know, I knew nothing. I mean, my knowledge has come, you know, even in the last two years, my knowledge has come from talking to you guys. It's come from talking to you guys on owner stories, talking to you guys on Instagram through DM, everyone that reaches out to me with their car stories and telling me about their cars. I learned, I've learned so much about models. You know, I knew nothing about 356s, you know. I didn't even know there was an A, B, and C. You know, now I do, you know. I didn't know there was pre that. You know, I, I, it's just like you get this knowledge and it's, it's exciting, you know. It's not like you're buying a car every day, but it's every time you get that little bit of Porsche knowledge, you get something, little thing that someone tells you, it's like, ah, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Or they tell you something about your car and, you, and about their car. And it's like, oh, that's cool. And I guess that's what, that's what I like about the podcast. And I'll come back to my owner's story. Why it's important is, is the podcast is part of my owner's story. You know, the Porsche Cool podcast is my owner's story. Because the story is, is that for me, it's me enjoying Porsche, coming into Porsche later in life, but sharing my story but sharing what, how much it means to me from having a, a 911 since 2017 and what I want to go to next. And you guys know I've been talking about 912s. And I don't talk about the 912 as much anymore. I did last uh, episode with Ajmal. But the 912 is, is, is not disappeared. It's still there. The 912 is still something I want. The 911T is still something I want. You know, the GT3, I still really, really enjoy, like the idea of a GT3. I like the 991.2 manual GT3s. I like Steve's 997 GT3, even though they're probably too expensive. I like the 996 GT3, like people have had on owner stories. You know, I like all these cars. You can't have everything. You know what I mean? You can't have everything. And I feel very, I feel very lucky that I have a 911. Um, I feel very lucky that, you know, everything turned around where I could actually get one. Um, and then I can still today talk about getting another one and, and knowing in my head I can do it. Um, but, it, you know, as, as everything that you buy and as every car you buy and as everything you do in your life, it has to be the right time and you have to be, you know, other things get in the way. And I've still got things getting in the way. You guys know that. Um, and I'm not saying these are bad things. You know, other investments which take the money away for a bit and then you have to get your money back and then you have to start, you know, then you can buy your, you know, your second Porsche. Um, I've decided that, you know, for me, I want to keep the 997. I really want to keep it. Um, and that means not, that means, you know, still getting another Porsche, but I really want to keep the 997 because I think I really like the car. I like how it's my first Porsche. I want to keep it. I know people sell their first Porsche and regret it. It's only going to appreciate. I own it. I'm not losing money on it. Um, I haven't got to enjoy it as much in the last couple of years, as you guys know, from being away from Australia and living in Bahrain. But when I get back to Sydney, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to get another car. I'm going to get another Porsche, um, whether I buy it in the UK or I buy it in the US or if I do it just before we go back or whatever. Um, that's my plan. 
and it's exciting. It's exciting. You know what I mean? And that's why I say, you know, it's never too late. <coughs> people who people who invest in cryptocurrency will know this thing. You know, people keep saying, is it too late to buy Bitcoin? Is it too late to buy Ethereum? It's never too late. It's never too late. You know what I mean? Um, prices go up, prices go down, demand goes up. You know, everything, everything is, is okay. You know what I mean? Don't look at it too deeply. Everything is okay. <sighs> so that's about it. I don't know, guys. I mean, like I said, I did this tonight because I haven't had any owner stories up my sleeve. Um, I'll finish. I'll finish with the with the question I always end on. I'll actually I'll go back to the first drive. Actually, but like I said, you know, I wasn't going to do this. Um, it's only because I I've been so busy with work. I didn't have a uh, spare owner stories. I usually have a spare. Um, I've had a couple of people cancel in the last two weeks, um, and because of that. Um, I don't have an owner's stories. And like I said, also because I had to cancel someone during the week, they know who that is, but they're, they're being rescheduled for later this week. So I'll have to be able to record them. Um, and that's no fault to the people who have canceled. I know things get in the way and I understand it's not a problem, but I just thought I don't want to leave it without an owner's story this week. Uh, so I thought I'd just uh, do my own. First drive. First drive, as I said, was, you know, the first drive out of the deal. That's not exciting. The first drive I've spoken about before, we went down south uh, to the Royal National Park went with Steve. He was following. I was behind. Natasha was with me in the passenger seat. And it hits you. You got a 911. You're in a Porsche. You know, you're sitting low to the ground. The center of gravity's there. Uh, your, your engine's behind you. The sound is amazing. This is pre-Fista. Even then, I thought the sound was good until I realized it could be better. Um, still sounds like a Porsche. It's everything that I remember Porsche sounding like. Um, I had a lot of contact, which I skipped over with Volkswagens, with Beetles. Uh, I had a few people who I was friends with and close to that had a Beetle. Uh, I drove a Beetle for some, for a while in Sydney, actually, which I haven't mentioned. Um, so I'm very familiar with how a Beetle drives. Um, it didn't take me back to the Beetle. I don't know why. I thought it might have, remembering that, but I just remember the Beetle having a big steering wheel and not being that fast. But I don't know. It, it, it you know, I know people say that, you know, they see the similarities. I can't remember. Maybe I just can't remember, but I don't really see the similarities. All I remember is that I've never driven a car like this before. I've never been in a car that feels that I've driven that feels like this um, and that this is a sports car and this is something special. And, you know, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to have this. And, you know, it's been a, it, it kind of had been a long journey because like I said, it happened later in life. Um, but, you know, due to my, where I lived, due to money, due to all these things, it wasn't really the right time to get one. And also I couldn't because I didn't have the cash. Um, things changed and I did. So, you know, that's where I am today. Anyway, I think that's about it. Uh, I don't think I can say any more. I guess we could, I could just touch on mods really quickly, but I've done that in a lot of episodes. Um, you guys know I did the Fister exhaust. Um, I've added, I bought leather parts, which I'm going to add. Um, what else? I changed my wheels over from the 20-inch tech arts, which everyone knows about, and I changed it back to the lobster claws, uh, custom finish by um, XL Wheels, Chris at XL Wheels in the UK. Fantastic wheels. I love them. Um, you know, colored caps, new bolts. What else did I do? Um, I think that's about it. I think that's about it. I haven't changed the navigation, as you guys know. Um, what's planned? Uh, planned is... I got the new knob coming that Marco's going to place an order for, and I'm going to uh, I've tagged onto that. So I'm getting the knob from uh, Latheworks in the US. I've got all the leather parts from Design LS that I'm going to install when I get back to Sydney. I've got a lot of leather parts. 
Um, what else am I going to do? Um, techni- uh, you know, mechanically wise, I'm probably going to upgrade my suspension. I'm not sure what to yet. I'm going to get my engine mounts changed. Uh, obviously, the services and everything that have to be done when I take it back to Sydney. Um, and I think that's about it. I don't think I'm going to do much more. I'm going to get PPF put on the front uh, bonnet, uh, which I told you guys about. So there's a few things planned. But, you know, not a lot, not a lot really. Um, obviously, the servicing and all that side of it and fixing up my leaking steering rack, which I have to do, is is going to take up a bit of money. Um, all in all, though, as you know from previous episodes, the 997 has been really reliable. The running costs are fine. Um, it, it's just a great 911. And if you're looking for a 997, I would say don't wait any longer. Just do it. Um, and people say to me, you know, as I say in the podcast, what is the... If anyone comes to Australia, what is a place where you tell them to go for a drive, your favorite place to drive? Well, for me, you know I like uh, going down to the south coast. I've spoken about it before. I like going to the Royal National Park. Um, Steve will probably be laughing at me because I can never remember, but we go down to the National Park. Uh, we stop at the Scarborough Hotel. Uh, it's a great hotel to stop at breakfast. It opens at nine, I think. So if you go too early, you have to wait, have breakfast there. Uh, one day, Steve and I, we went uh, past Scarborough and we went back up through, I thought it was Kangaroo Valley, I'm not sure Steve will know, and then we ended up back in Barrel and then drove back from Barrel, I think, from my memory, because we had lunch in Barrel one day. Um, I really enjoyed that drive. The short drive, uh, the Old Pacific Highway in Sydney, which a lot of people go on. I know there's another route that Steve has found out from his friend that he he's going to introduce me to when I go back. The old Pacific Highway bit I like, I think, is from Mount Cola. I actually like the expressway-type bit coming down to the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, this is north of Sydney, um, in the northern suburbs, on the way to the Central Coast, actually, on the way to where my family live, where I used to live. And it's the bit, I think, that goes from Mount Cola, and it's like a winding, sort of wider stretch of road just before you get to Brooklyn, and I really like going up that hill. I like it when you come down, but I like going back that way and going up the hill and you can really floor it. Uh, it feels good. The car just grips. Um, you know, you can take the lanes. Um, sometimes a cyclist there, but it's a good, but it's good fun. Uh, and then the other road, which I've only been on once, which I really love, uh, is the Putty Road. I'm going to do that again. Um, a lot of people also go to Wiseman's Ferry when they're in New South Wales. That's another drive. I didn't truly enjoy the Wiseman's Ferry Drive. Um, I think it's because I was a bit nervous getting on the ferry, you scrape. You know, the road at the time was being resealed. It was all stone. So I was quite new to the car and I was a bit uncomfortable with that. I wasn't terribly uh, enjoying it. Um, Drives I'm going to do, being away from my car for two years, going down to Melbourne for sure. I'm going to do the Great Ocean Road. I'll do any other roads that people tell me that I should do. Hopefully I can meet up. This is uh, hopefully early next year. I can meet up with some of the guys in Melbourne. Um, I want to go up to uh, north. Uh, I don't know where north, but I want to go north as well, uh, Queensland way. So that's on the books. Um, I'm not sure where else. I've got to look into it. They're the two places that I've got in mind. I'll probably go do the Melbourne one first um, because we, my wife and I want to look down in Melbourne as well. So we want to look at a few things down there property-wise. So we're going to go and look down there. And... That's on the plans. But, you know, Sydney, uh, South Coast, Royal National Park, I enjoyed that one. A lot of cops, a lot of bikes, uh, very busy. Um, Putty Road, not so busy, great fun. Open road, long, longer distance, but really good fun. I enjoyed that with Steve and uh, Natasha as well, and I'd like to do that again, and hopefully we're going to do that one with uh, Marco, Steve's cousin, and his yellow 996. 
uh, Turbo and Steve. So that's going to be a great one. Hopefully, Steve, we might be able to rouse up a few of the other guys in Australia as well and do that do that drive. That would be that would be a great thing to experience. A great thing to experience. Anyway, guys, um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Like I said, I haven't really been wanting to do my own owner story. This was uh, at Flapcap Driver Ajmal's idea, who said to me last week, I wanted to leave the number 50, like I said, just for you guys. I did this one just purely so you have an episode today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, if you have enjoyed it, send me a DM on Instagram at Porsche Cooled or Michael Bath, Michael.Bath. And tell me if you enjoyed it. It'd be good to know. I don't get a lot of feedback from the podcast. I do get some actually, but it's not like YouTube. So if you like, if you like the, uh, if you like the episode today, please, uh, please drop me a, a DM. Um, and I think that's about it. It's, it's Sunday night here. Uh, this episode's going out tomorrow for Patreon members on Monday, and it's going to be live on Tuesday when most of you guys are now listening to it. Actually, Wednesday in Australia, but Tuesday my time. All right, everyone. Uh, I really appreciate you listening to the uh, podcast today. Uh, this was Porsche Cooled Owner's Stories. It's very weird. This is 51. Uh, it was going to be someone else 51, but it's Michael is 51. That's me. Uh, and I'm going to share this with you guys. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.